Good morning. And uh, if you're watching online, we're thrilled you're watching. Uh, we know that um, over a hundred people watch online every week, and um, it's becoming a congregation in itself. And we're thrilled that you join us. And uh, we pray that God will bless you and uh, speak to you as much as uh, everyone that's uh, in the sanctuary here with us at Riverside uh, this morning. We are thrilled that you are here. Now, we're in the middle of a series that we called Miracles, and um, I I just felt uh, moved of God to bring a message this morning that will make you aware that God is in control. Uh, He's in control of world affairs, even though world affairs seem out of control. God is in control. He is in control of our affairs, whether it's as an individual, whether it's as a church, whatever it is, our work life, God is in control. If we have surrendered our lives to Him, then we can trust Him. He is in control. And God wants us to be assured that He's in control whether we believe it or not. How many know that sometimes we can say, yeah, God's in control, but deep down we don't believe it. Deep down things seem out of control in our lives and in our world. And, um, and it is that there's an uneasiness throughout the nation at the moment, not only with the presidential thing, but all the stuff that's happening with people getting shot here and everywhere and things happening that... Uh, cause us to be uneasy in, even when we're out and about. Uh, and, um, and there is an easiness that I believe that God wants to still, in, at least in His people, um, that meet you this morning. You may be confused by what's going on. You may be confused by what's going on in your life. You may be confused by what's happening uh, uh, in all sorts of areas of your life. But I want you to know this morning God wants you to know this morning that He is in control. So we go into the book of Ezekiel, uh, which is in the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel chapter 2, and um, and Ezekiel uh, is an interesting guy. He was a prophet, and um, he was in uh, Israel at a very, very um, difficult time in Israel's history. And as we pick it up in chapter 2, you'll find that um, Ezekiel has been in despair as he remembered the beginning of the nation's sorrows. He he was remembering the invasion of his country um, by the enemies of Israel. He, He was remembering the destruction that came on the holy city of Jerusalem. He was remembering the taking away of millions of, of Jews to be slaves down into the Babylon, the country of Babylon. He remembered the killings and the cruelties. He remembered the broken families and the concentration camps of his day. And, and in, in Ezekiel, as he thought about these things, the flickering light of hope had almost gone out of him. He was at the place where hope was now at a minimum in his life, He was looking at things and the disasters that had happened and were going on, and now the light of hope was growing dim. But then something happened to him. Suddenly, something happened that now made him a new man and gave him new resolve, and he became one of the the country's leaders of a cause that he found was not lost, but on the contrary, could never be defeated. 
And so it was that he rose up. Now, we read about it in Ezekiel chapter 2, but let me just say this, friends. We are a part of a cause that can never be defeated. You need to know that. You are part of a cause in the cause of Jesus Christ that can never be defeated. The cause of Jesus Christ is not lost because it can never be defeated. Now, now I'm saying that over and over because some of you are looking at me with a blank stare that says, are you sure about that? Are you sure that the cause of Jesus Christ can never be defeated? Listen, friends, I want it to drop from your head to your heart. I want you to stand with assurance today in the absolute certainty that the cause of Jesus Christ can never be lost. It will never be defeated. And, and, and listen, listen, let me tell you this. If you don't know what the cause of Jesus Christ is, let me remind you of it. Because it's becoming something that seems to fade in Christians' mind. The cause of Jesus Christ is this, that mankind is lost in its sin. That mankind is going headlong towards hell. That Jesus has come to die on the cross to take our punishment in order that we will not go to hell but go to heaven. He has died to give us eternal life. He's going to give us a better life on earth. But his ultimate friend is to get you and me to heaven and to be with him forever. And that forever and forever we will be with the Lord. That is the cause of Jesus Christ. He wants to win men and women to himself. He wants them to be back in the family of God. And if you're not back yet, he's after you. Wherever you sit here today, if you run away from God, he's searching you out. He wants you back. He wants you back in the family. So something happened to Ezekiel, and he became filled with this new resolve. And you read about it here in Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And it says there, and he said to me, he's talking about God, God said to him, and he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet and I heard him speak, speaking to me. So here's what happened then. It was that he was sat down, taken up in his despair and suddenly the Spirit of God came into him and raised him to his feet. That's what he said happened to him. I can't tell you how many times that has happened to me right here in this sanctuary. I can't tell you the times that I've come in here overwhelmed by the problems, overwhelmed by difficulties, overwhelmed by sorrows, overwhelmed by people's sickness, overwhelmed by the Lord and the burden that seems to be on my shoulders. And I have sat down and I have been there wallowing in despair when the Spirit of God has suddenly come into me and stood me on my feet and I realize it's not by my might or my power, it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so the anointing of God makes the difference. Oh yes, if you're here today and um, you are maybe going through difficult times, you need to know that people just like you, just like me, 
have faced exactly what you are facing and what you are going through and what you've got to go back home to and what you've got to go to work to tomorrow morning or the fact that you haven't got any job to go to. Other people have gone through that, the horrors of despair and they have come upon you, but they have come to God and they have known God's input of his spirit and now they've been raised to the mountaintops of hope. That they've been taken from the pit of despair to the mountaintop of hope. They are elevated from the depths of despondency to the heights of courage and vision where now they realize once again that in the midst of everything, God is in control. God will bring us through. God will show the way ahead and God will get all the glory Something happens to a man and a woman when the Spirit of God comes upon them. Something changes on the inside and new courage comes in, new fire is rekindled, a song is revived and dazed eyes begin to shine again because the Spirit of God has come into that person. And it says here that Ezekiel stood on his feet. People stand to their feet. They walk from their past, and now they can face the present. And the fact is, they have hope for the future. And God wants to do that for you. I believe that God can set you on your feet today. I believe that there's a supernatural thing going to happen here today, that you will get on your feet even though you don't want to. I believe there's a supernatural thing going to happen today, that you're going to leave this place different than when you came in. That you're going to leave this place with a, 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 a different mental condition than what you came in with. That you are going to leave this place thinking differently than when you came in. Because God is going to invade your thinking. Now, here we, we find Ezekiel. And um, his story is timely for everyone that's in this room today. It ought to strike a chord with our hearts. Because when we find him at the beginning of this chapter, we find him going to pieces, giving up hope. And who could blame him for that? You see, it's difficult to have hope when there seemed to be no hope. It's hard to persuade people to endure when there is no future that they can look forward to. This was the state in which Israel was in, the state the Jews was in, uh, and it was the place that Ezekiel sat in uh, uh, because of their total neglect in their walk with God. Get this, the reason that they sat in this terrible place is that they had got consumed with other stuff, they got consumed with other things, and now they totally neglected their walk with God. And they became slaves in a foreign land. They were in Babylon, a strange, strange new land. And after years of knowing God's blessing upon their lives, they are now ignoring his warnings. And now they were where God never intended them to be. They were prisoners in Babylon. They were lost in a strange land with strange gods, missing the presence of God with no hope and no promise of a future. And that could be exactly where you are this morning. You may be here and you look back on life and you feel at a loss. It seems to you that the world is falling apart around you. 
Your own world is caving in on you. It's like you're going through your own personal tsunami and that you have lost God and life is not going anywhere. It, it may be even that you've been sidetracked. Uh, you know what I mean? You're going along on the, a set track, but suddenly you get sidetracked and now you're living for a lesser cause than what you have lived your life for in the past. We can also easily drift and we can invest in everyone and everything and other causes other than the cause of Christ. We can get to the place where the day of our salvation now is way in the past and we forget that we were picked up out of the gutter of sin. That it is that we get to a place that the day of our baptism in water, when you get baptized in water, you are saying to the world, I'm following Jesus, there's no going back. I'm following Jesus, whether I live or die, I'm following the cause of Christ. They forget their day of being baptized in Holy Spirit, where the power of God comes in. And now you know it's not by your might or power, but by my Spirit. And I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. But those things can be in the past to us. Now you wonder where your life is really going. But the Bible says in the midst of lost faith, and lost hope and lost morale, Ezekiel stood up. The Holy Spirit entered into him and set him on his feet. How many here today know that, that the problems of life can be overcome when the Spirit of the Lord comes right into you? That, that it is that, that when your heart and life is now brought to a place where God sets you on your feet. That you were sat down in your despair, but now God sets you on your feet. See, before this moment that God picked Ezekiel up, the fact was that he was trapped by his past. It's interesting to note as you read verse 1 of this chapter here that Ezekiel was brought to his feet by the Holy Spirit. But before he was brought to his feet by the Holy Spirit, God had told him to stand to his feet. He said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. Now I ask the question, did he hesitate? Did he hold back? Was it that he didn't move quickly? But the fact was that God had told him, stand to your feet. But see, I think that he was trapped in his past. He had become anesthetized by the past that he now found it difficult to move at all. It was true that being in Babylon, they were slaves. It was true that we were being forced to live in a strange land. They were being forced to worship false gods. And, and, and this is what Ezekiel did. He thought, this is how it is and how it's going to be forever. That it is, my dreams are dead. The plan is at a standstill. My ambition is gone. And he was trapped in the past he was trapped with the thought it could never be the same again. You see, there are some of you here today and your past controls you. Not only controls your now, but it controls your future. 
Because when you get trapped in your past, you are scared to death of the future. And you get trapped there. Um, I, I don't know what your past has been like, whether it be the near past or the distant past. How many know you can be controlled by your past of your upbringing, your childhood? And it can control your life. And, and, and it can be that you are controlled by that. You can't even reach for a future. But let me tell you this. There are some who are trapped by their good past. Um, some trapped by the thought, my best is gone. Some saying, I've tried, I've, I've lived the best of my life, and now that's gone, and I have no future. There's some who are trapped by the thought, I have reached the pinnacle of my ability, and now it's all over, it's finished, I can't do any more. I've achieved all I can achieve, I've done all that I can, and now I'm trapped by my good past. I remember the past. I remember looking back and remembering leading people to Jesus all in the past. I remember people being filled with the Holy Spirit all in the past. I remember bodies being healed as I ministered to them all in the past. I remember words of knowledge and words of wisdom, miracles, wonders and signs all in the past. I believe that some of you have come to this service confused and adrift and ready to quit. But God is speaking to you. But you're remembering your past more than you're enjoying your now. And you're scared to death of the future. I, I want to tell you that your good past is as dangerous a place as your bad past. If you can't see anything better than what has been, you are trapped I, I believe that God is a God that is saying, you've seen what I've done through you and with you up to now. You ain't seen nothing yet. Let's keep going. I've got more for you. Let's keep moving on. He is not a God that is controlled by the past. He has a better future for you. And there are those who are trapped by your bad past. It seems that the more you have tried, the more things have gone wrong would be easy for you to quit because you know your family is a mess, your finances are a mess, your marriage is a mess, and there are things happening in your life that are a mess. You feel God has let you down, you feel people have let you down, you feel the church has let you down, and now it is the past has crippled you with insecurity and fear. And so maybe Ezekiel <coughs> was in this state. But also, you know, he was stuck in that state. How many know that you can be immobilized by your present, in the present moment? It says he was down. In other words, he was depressed. And, and, and the fact was he was stuck in the moment of depression. And, um, and, and, and it was that, um, I know, I know that God put him there. Actually, God put him down. How many know that God sometimes has to put us down to get our attention? You see, he has to come and, and, and stop us in our tracks, hold us in that place, and, and even make us feel as if everything has gone chaotically wrong just to get our attention. I want to tell you something, friends. God will hurt you to get your attention. He loves you that much. And, and, and the fact is that he wants to bring you back to the center of his will. 
So Ezekiel was down. He was confused. After all, these people that were in bondage and slavery that he was sure to have been leading, they were, after all, the people of God. And yet, as he reviewed their past history, as he reviewed the history of Israel, the Jews, it, it, it seemed to him that God held the Jews to a higher standard than any other nation that were around them. That it was, it seemed to, to him, that they had to go through more trials than other nations had to go through. That they had to go through more rebukes from God and discipline from God than any other nation. It seemed to him that they had to face more slavery than other nations around them. It seemed, it seemed that more was allowed to happen to the Jews than happened to other nations. It was strange. But all the stuff was happening because God wanted them to become the people he wanted them to be. Hey, listen, friends, God not only saves you from your sins, but he changes you into the person that he wants you to be. Oh, yeah, listen, listen, he didn't wait for us to get changed and to be changed before he'll save us. But once he's saved us, he's going to change us. And so everything that happens in my life, I'm looking to God and saying, what are you doing now? What are you up to now? What are you changing now? What are you working on right now? What are you moving on right now? And the things that come into my life, I don't ever believe they come by accident. I believe that I am under the sovereign hand of God. And if things are coming into my life, it's because God wants to change my life for the better. Hey, my friends, nothing you go through, nothing you face, nothing you experience doesn't cause you to come through and be changed for the better when God is in control and when he's moving on your life. But Ezekiel, he was trapped by looking at things as they were, and he said other nations get away with stuff that the Jews never get away with. The Babylonians get away with stuff that the Jews never get away with. The Philistines, the Egyptians, they all get away with stuff uh, more than the Jews ever are allowed to get away with. And and they are worse than us. They, They sin more than us. They do more wrong than us. And yet we get clobbered and they don't get clobbered. How many more? How many of you have looked at people who are not walking with Jesus, not, and their lives seems to be have no difficulties, no problems, and they, they seem to sail through life? And, and you're a Christian, and you're following Jesus, but you have difficulties and you have problems, and, and you begin to look and you say, "Well, I thought this life was should be better, not worse. I, I thought that I should have a better life than those that are living in the world." Ezekiel looked and he said, those nations are more selfish than us. They're more destructive than us. They worship false gods. At least we're worshiping the real God. But see, God caused Ezekiel to know, yes, I'm I'm holding you to a higher standard because you are my chosen people. He said, he said, I know other nations may go haywire, but you are my chosen people. I want you to turn to the one next to you. If you're a Christian, turn to them and say, Do you know, I'm a chosen child of God. Just tell them that, will you? I am a chosen child of God. See, what God wanted Israel to know, that they were a people with a cause. They were a people showing the difference 
that the real God of the universe can make in a nation's life. And not only that, they were a people that were chosen to be history makers. You see, you are a, pe- a, pe- a people, said God to Ezekiel and to the Jews. He says, you're the nation that I'm going to bring my son out of. You're the nation that the Messiah is going to come out of. He says, if you think that I'm working on you and molding you and fashioning you and making you, you're dead right, I'm doing that because out of you is going to come my son who will be the savior of the world. You are a chosen people. And listen, friends, listen, listen. You are a chosen people. The Jews were looking ahead and watching for Jesus to come the first time. We are looking ahead and we're looking for Jesus to come the second time. And, and, and he's coming, friends. He's coming. I, I believe he's coming. And we are the people, the chosen people of God that have this cause to live for, that is letting people know that they can get ready and be a, a part of what God is going to do in the future and for eternity. So God comes to Ezekiel and God says, you're sat down crippled by incredible fear, not realizing you have an incredible future. And friends, that's us. We are a people that can be gripped by incredible fear, taken up by the stuff of this world, when in fact we've got an incredible future, not only in heaven but on earth as well. You forgot where God has brought you from? Forgetting the incredible ways God got you to this point in your life. Listen, when you're trapped by your past, immobilized by your present, you will be scared to death of your future. If it is that you allow your past to now control you and your, your present situation and circumstances to hold you, you will be scared to death. And it says of Ezekiel, he sat down. And that's where you are this morning, isn't it? Sat down. Oh, you, you may think God forgets where you once were, but he doesn't. He knows where you once were. He knows where the fire was burning. He knows where the passion was high. He knows when you were living for the cause. But the fact is, you know, fearing your future uh, is a safe place to be when, when it is that you're going through what you're going through. And down seems to be a good place to be. Quitting seems to be a great idea when you're fearing the future, running away and hiding from the things that are going on. It seems to be a better place than dealing with your stuff and getting uh, to a better future that God has planned for you. The Lord told me that there would be people here today who are scared to death about your future. You're scared about your family. You think you're in control of your family, and God says, I thought you'd given that all over to me. Scared about the future of the country and the world. Father said to me that there would be those here who are scared of being found out about your secret sin. You have secret sin that you're scared of anyone finding out about. I have news for you. He already knows. You can't hide it from him. He already knows. But I know this, friends, that fear of the future is a snare of the devil. And in Jesus' name, I want to break that from you today in the last few minutes that we have together. Note the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. And the word of the Lord was, stand to 
your feet. And it's the word of the Lord to you this morning. The word of the Lord is stand to your feet. Ezekiel at this moment was being called back to the cause of of God. He was being brought back to the cause of the kingdom of God. And, and, and it was that he was being shown, you're not just another Jew, Ezekiel. You're not, you're not just a nobody taking up space on the planet. You were chosen by God to be one of his mouthpieces, to bring glory to his name and to champion his cause. He was going to be used by God to show the Jews that although they missed it, to show the Jews although they really messed up, that God still had a place for them and had a cause for them to live for. He was being called by God to show them that there was still room for them to now move forward in what God wanted them to do. Ezekiel was being called to champion the cause of God. Listen, friend, you are no ordinary person. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you're not just taking up space on the planet. You're a called servant of the Most High God. You may beat yourself up and allow the devil to beat you up. I want to tell you the devil is having a heyday in beating Christians up to feel that they're nobody's nothings and can never be anything. But you're a called servant of the Most High God. Hey, listen, leaders, you're not just an elder or a leader. You're filled with the Holy Spirit, elder and leader of the church. If you're here today and you're involved in any ministry, I want to tell you, you're not just involved in any ministry. You're involved in the cause of Jesus Christ that is going forth into all the world. You're a part of the greatest thing happening on the face of the planet today. This is not just another church. We are called and established by God to be a supernaturally empowered people. I believe that signs and wonders and miracles are going to be part of our future. Because we are not a past people. We are the present people of God, friends. Called by God. Now, I told you there's about 330 churches in this city. I love every one of them. I know a lot of the pastors. I don't know them all. And I love what they're doing. But I know also that we are called by God to this city. And, and that we are to move with power in this city. I want you to know that God hasn't finished with this great church. We have to be united now and ready to change a city and affect our world. You say, how are we going to do that, John? We're going to do it one hurt and hurt in person at a time, one broken family at a time, one godless street at a time. Some here need to hear the word of the Lord. We may not be able to change a whole nation by ourselves, but we can change a city. I, I, I want that to drop from your head to your heart again. We cannot maybe change a whole nation, but we can change a city. That it can be by the power of God, we can see a city changed by the glory of God. We are called people of God. It's not a time for a retreat mentality. It's, a time for a, uh, it's not a time for a quit mentality. Do me a favor right now. Uh, and, and, and only do this if you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable, you'll feel awkward because everyone else is going to do it. But the thing is, 
Will you turn to those around you and say this? We're not a country club. We're the Church of Jesus Christ. Will you turn and tell them that? We're not a country club. And how how about this one? How about this one? Turn to, to the one next to you. Listen. Turn to the one next to you and say this. We're not a cruise ship. We're a battleship. Hey, listen, we're not at a time of peace, friends. We're at a time of war. The enemy of our souls is fighting dirtier and faster than he ever has done before. And it's time for the church of Jesus Christ. No, let me change that. The soldiers of Jesus Christ to rise up in the name of the Lord and to say we will not quit. We will not back down. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Say, how are we to reach a multi-ethnic city? I want to tell you how we reach a multi-ethnic city. By signs and wonders that follow the faithful preaching of the Word of God. By miracles and wonders and signs. In a few weeks, we'll go out onto the streets. Hey, listen, friends, I don't want you going out on the streets just to clean the streets and to paint and to uh, sort out yards and make yards look nice. I, I don't want you going out into the city on our mission Peoria one day just to, you know, do some good stuff that the city will say, what a wonderful church. That's not what we're about. I want you going out carrying miracles from this place. I want you praying with people on the streets. I want you talking to people on the streets. I want us to be ministering life to people on the streets uh, so that the power of Jesus will invade our streets. I believe that Jesus will walk the streets those days, friends. Jesus will walk the streets. And when we are faithful and ready and listening to what he says, we'll not only put gardens right and yards right and paint and all the rest of it, but we will minister healing in the name of Jesus. We will minister change in the name of Jesus. And we will come back with stories of miracles happening. wants us to go out of this building every week as missionaries to reach this city, equipped to know that we are spirit-filled and up to anything that the devil throws against us. You know, a few weeks ago, I was in a discussion with a group of Christians who were talking about and debating about um, what, what can we expect from volunteers? Do we expect too much from volunteers and It was a great discussion, but, you know, in the midst of it, I had this aha moment, a a moment where a light switch seemed to be flicked, and I realized something. It shocked me. I I suddenly realized that I'm obsessed. I I, I suddenly realized that I had an addiction. It's called the cause of Jesus Christ. I, I suddenly realized that I'm obsessed with the cause of Jesus. I'm obsessed with what he has established, his local church. And and, and I have to admit to you, I've got to admit to you, even this morning, my obsession is spilling out because I am obsessed with the idea that I can get you obsessed as well. That I can see you obsessed with the work of God, obsessed with people coming to know Jesus.
Our leaders here are wonderful people. But if they ever get to the place of me having to cool down my obsession or to change the direction of this church in believing that everyone needs to know Jesus, I'll still carry on doing it with or without you. But this is the great news. I sit down with elders and leaders every month and see the same obsession in them. And it encourages my heart to go on. But I am obsessed and I intend to spread it more than ever because I am obsessed, addicted to Jesus and his cause. And if you're attending here today and you're wondering about how we minister to your kids, I've got to let you know we're trying to get them obsessed as well. Or <laughs> uh, uh, we're not babysitting your kids. I, I want you to know that we are obsessed with seeing them filled with passion to reach young lives for Jesus. You know, um, we were looking for a new youth pastor, you know, and, 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 and um, I, up on top of the list, I, I put that I wanted someone filled with the Spirit and, and totally committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. And, and you need to know that God has helped us and that uh, with William and Adriana who are here with us, Will, William and Adriana Yates who have now been with us a few months, I want to tell you, we've got one obsessed couple. Uh, uh, you, know, you know what they did last week? They got their kids in the youth group. Uh, already there's about a hundred or more kids that are coming to the youth group with them. And they got them to take their phones out. And they said, we want you to think of three friends that you wish were in the youth group with you tonight. And we want you to text them right now and say, next Wednesday, I want you to come to, church, to youth group with me. And, and they were texting from the youth group, getting ready to bring three times the amount to next week's service, inviting people. You see, they're obsessed with others knowing Jesus. Now, I believe that this call that came to this man, Ezekiel, this call to stand on your feet was God saying, I don't want you living in your past. I don't want you immobilized by your present. And I don't want your fear stricken by the future. Stand to your feet. You know, verse 2 tells us that something happened. It says that the Spirit of God came into me and raised me to my feet. Now, friends, you've got to believe me or believe not on this, but I prayed over every seat in this place. And I said, God, whoever sits on these seats, I want you to put an electric shock in those seats. I want you to stir their hearts so that they say, God, I am not going to be now in the place of being controlled by my past, immobilized by my present, or scared of the future. But God, I'm standing up. I'm going to stand up. And the Spirit of God is now moving in. You know, that song that we sang earlier came up on my iPad um, as I was studying and listening to some music. Consuming fire, you're my heart's desire. Come baptize us. And I'm praying that for you right now, as I prayed for myself. For this man, Ezekiel, God wasn't taking no for an answer. Hey, hey, God was not going to take no for an answer from this man. 
He sat down. He may not have moved very quick, but God certainly made him move. There was an electric shock of God's presence that came and stood him on his feet. And I'm praying that for you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you have been immobilized by your, pa- your present, uh, controlled by your, your past, uh, and now in the place of being scared of your future, with all the drama that's in your life, that it will be right now. God, I pray that you will cause people to stand to your feet. Those are the two things on the end of your legs, friends, that you stand on in the name of Jesus. Now, I've just crept up on you. Because if you are really feeling God has brought you to your feet, you cannot leave you the same. You can't go out of this place carrying the stuff that you carried into this place. If you've got secret sin, it's time to deal with it, all right? Get it right. God's saying, I want to deal with it. I want, to, I want you to win. I want you to break it. I want to now come in with my power and break the habit in your life. If you're here, if you're here and you've been living together and you think it's all right, well, listen, it's not all right in the sight of God. It's an appearance of evil that God says, I want you to get that right and either get married or separate up. If you're here this morning and it is that you've been arguing with your wife and you're really, you're not really together. You know you're living in the same house but you're not really together. God is saying as you stand on your feet this morning, it's time to get it sorted out. You can't go on like that. You can't go on pretending everything's all right and making it look all right to everyone else when you know it's not all right. It's time to get it put right. It's time. It's time for you to say, God, I'm going to live for your cause. And where I live for my cause, uh, for your cause, Lord, I live for your cause in my work life. And if you're a miserable worker to work alongside, you need to get it right. If it is that you go to work and everyone knows you hate your work and you're miserable and you're always snapping and you're always, you are a poor representative of Jesus Christ. You need to repent, get it right and and give them someone else to look at other than what you've been in the past. Hey, I know you've got a hard life at home, but you're a representative of Jesus Christ. And everyone else may get angry and there may be fights, but you're in the middle there. You are a peacemaker because you're a representative of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I'm only a kid in the family. I'm only a kid here, but you're a representative of Jesus Christ. And God can do more through kids that are filled with the Holy Spirit than he can go through with adults that are walking in their own ways and their own sin. You can make a difference in your home. It's time for us to be the called people of God. Those of you who are here today, and you knew the call of God on your life. God called you. He called you. And you walked away from it. You say, well, it's too late now. No, no, no. God doesn't change his mind. And he's saying, I want you. I want to tell you, friends, there's going to come a move of God where every, every active person will be needed in the cause of Jesus Christ. 
and you put yourself down, you said it's over, it's in the past. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus. It's time to stand on your feet and to say, I'm a child of the living God. Some of you, you prayed for people and nothing happened. It was you tried to cast a demon out and the demon laughed at you. Well, we don't quit. We don't give up. We don't back off. We stand to our feet and say, no, by the power and might of Jesus Christ and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to let the past control us. We're going to go forward and we're going to draw on God's power and the devil can laugh his head off as much as he's like. We're not backing down. We're not backing out. We're not quitting. We're going forward. If we, if we see nothing happening here, we'll see something happening there. We're going to keep going. We're not going to stop pushing forward the cause of Jesus Christ. Some of you, you look back on your youth where you used to be on fire for God. Look back on your youth where you used to sing your heart out for Him. Look back on your youth where you used to testify for Him. Look back on your youth where you used to do miraculous things for Him. And it's all in the past. God's saying, I've not forgotten you. I'm not, I'm not allowing you to stay locked in the past. I want to do the same through you in the future. It may be, it may be that your voice has got old and tired. But the fact is that God says, I've got something more for you to do. I want to use you for my glory. And you're writing off your future because of your past. And God says, I want you totally given over to me. Now, if it's true that the Holy Spirit caused you to stand on your feet, then right now the Holy Spirit is going to come into you. We don't do wacky here at Riverside. If people get wacky, we get worried. But we do believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We do believe that the power of God comes into us and now we're not living under our own steam, our own strength and our own power. We're living by the power of Jesus. Holy Spirit's fire. You're our one desire. Come, come, baptize us. Baptize us. Oh, oh we, know, we know we're in this little place called Peoria that everyone's saying, caterpillars gradually moving out and we're going to be lost and, and, the, and the world's going to stop and the sun won't come up tomorrow morning because caterpillar's gone. Hey, listen, friends, there's a brighter light than caterpillar shining in Peoria. His name is Jesus. Oh, God help us. You know, the river, let me tell you this, Dream Center Dream Center lost a grant this week. It was a federal grant that came from Washington. And their only reason for taking it off us was because in our after-school program, we do devotions with the boys and girls. And they took away our grant. Now listen, listen. If we were relying on Washington, we'd say, let's stop doing the devotion. No, what we've said is, let's up the devotion and do more. And we'll forget the grant. The time is coming when we're going to have to rely on God more than we rely on other people. Time is coming when we're going to have to rely on God and say, God, unless you come through, unless you come through, then God is saying, I'm ready to come through. Just get on your feet. And stand and move forward. 
and see it happen. Oh, I, I could go on, friends, but I, I've run out of time. Just raise your hands to heaven right now. Oh, God. Oh, God, in your name. Oh, God, I come against every satanic power that would interrupt this moment. I bind its power in the name of Jesus. I come against every negative thought. Oh, I come against every destructive thought in the name of Jesus. Father, right now I pray that you will set free people in this place, that they will walk with this from this place saying, I'm walking on new feet because God stood me on my feet. I'm not going to be controlled by the things that have controlled me in the past. I'm not going to be immobilized by what's going on in my life right now. And now I will never be afraid of the future because the future is in God's hands. Father, fill us again. Fill us again with your power. Fill us again with your power. Just cry out to God. Say it right now. Say it out loud. Don't be afraid of your voice. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Keep saying it. Fill me up, Lord Jesus. Fill me again. Fill me again. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us again, oh God. Fill us again. And take us out of this place to be all that you want us to be for the glory of your name. Because together we will stand and we will say we will live from this day for the cause of Jesus Christ and his church. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.